It's Kitchen Table Spirituality. I'm here with a green tea hating pastor, Charlie Eastman. <laughs> I do not hate green tea. I just can't drink it. And I'm here with a pastor that loves his green tea. That would be Jonathan Malone of East Greenwich got... First Baptist Church in Rhode Island. And let me see. And you're at Pilgrim Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. Congregational Church in Southboro, oh, Mass. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot the congregation. Well, it doesn't Pilgrim. flow naturally for you. No, it doesn't. Just Pilgrim Church. Mm-hmm. Pilgrim Church. That's fine. The church. I think you know, most we... of the folks at the church call the church mm-hmm. Pilgrim Church. Oh, um, okay. But as soon as you make have to make the distinction between Pilgrim Church Lemonster, Pilgrim Church Sherburn, Pilgrim Church, it's, there's a lot of, oh. it's kind of a thing. You've got a lot of Pilgrim Churches in Massachusetts, huh? People glommed onto that Pilgrim thing. It reminds us of our New England history, but the also... The Salem Witch Trials. Oh, we, we love being reminded of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, there's there's that the sense of pilgrimage that a lot of Christians need uh, to re-acquaint uh, themselves with. I think that's something you can relate to. Yeah, do your... you ever feel like... Do you ever wonder if you're making any progress in that journey? Hmm. That pilgrimage of sorts? Progress? There it is. Thank you for. for you set them up. I'll spike me. them, I, and uh, the irrelevance police will be here to bang down our doors in just a minute. There's no irrelevance. John Bunyan <laughs> was aligned with the Baptist movement. Yes, he was. That's we right. consider him one of ours. Yeah, that's right. You, sure, you may he? you may have him. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I think he wrote that in prison, or wrote something else in prison. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not up on my Bunyan first. lore, other than Babe the Blue Ox and. Eh, nicely done. Sorry. Nicely done. Mm. And the Great Lakes, you knew that uh, was Great coming. Lakes being per- being created. So Charlie, it's good to see you. You as well. This morning. You as yeah. well. We're ready for more uh, Merton. I'm ready for more Merton. 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 How are things going at Pilgrim Congregational Church in they Southboro, are, Massachusetts? They are fantastic. We are on the verge of getting our um, outdoor worship cooking. Um, we've mm. been really uh, methodical about our approach to how people are in the building because we want to be part of the team that is really working to flatten the curve. And unfortunately, right. when we look around us at what's happening in these United States about folks who are not being cautious, it's it's disappointing. And yet, mm. there's an urge from folks in the church to gather, and we want to yeah. be together. So we're yeah. we're we're putting things in place. We're getting there. It's about to happen. I just want to assure people there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We are also continuing with our ministries, all of our mm-hmm. ministries of connection online with our spiritual conversations, with healthy conversations, with um those are two different groups. And then okay. also our Backpack Angels program, but the big news for this week big is news. is that at the Southboro Transfer Station at 9 a.m. You can line up to have your car washed by our socially distanced youth group. Ten youth are signed up to go out and wash cars uh, in support of their mission efforts. So I just want to celebrate that that's happening from 9 to 12. You just stay in your car. You don't have to get out. But come and make a donation and support the youth of Pilgrim Church. I'm I'm so psyched that they're doing it. What day are they doing that? Saturday the 18th, 9 to 12. Saturday? South So Saturday, July 18th. And you don't have to have a sticker. You can be a total out-of-towner. That doesn't have to be where you go to the dump. You just... You can just so, go and get washed. So, Charlie, if I wanted to drive to Massachusetts yes. to get my car washed, you would? Yeah, yes, from East Greenwich, yeah, do it. And then wow. stop by my yard and we'll sit outside and oh. hob, hobnob. That's actually a very attractive thought. All right. Um, so, and, and if people are listening to this uh, show a year from now, 
Yes, that's not happening this Saturday. Well, no, but it will still be on July 18th. They will be doing a car wash. That's right. Just, you know, try to find them. Good luck. Every July 18th from here. (laughs) Our own little Groundhog Day at Pilgrim Congregational Church. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. That's a lot of exciting things happening. It is. Tell me all about East Greenwich. East Greenwich, we're continuing to to do well. We're, you know, we have... People come into worship. Not a lot. We have about mm-hmm. 25 people showing up. But that's um, and, that's probably that's right great. for the space, given it is. how it we're really supposed is. to not be on top can, of each other. Exactly, yeah. and that But that's going well. We are having our first outdoor worship service on the 26th of July. Oh, great. Um, and that'll be at the Fry Farm, which is a, our fa- a family of the church. That's their farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is breaking news. At that service, it's all about sharing. So it's sharing with each other and sharing with the community. So we're going to ask people to bring stuff for the food pantry, uh, especially the food pantry in South Providence that we've been supporting. But also, if you've been getting some good bumper crops in your garden, um, if you have some zucchini or lettuce that you just need to get rid of, Mm. bring that. It's going to be sharing things with people within the community. If you have a puzzle or a game that you know it's been wonderful for you, but you're it's, it's time. It's not really um, giving you joy in the same way it has in the past. Bring that and share that with someone else and let someone else take it. So we're going to have opportunities to share with each other and to share with the community. Oh, so that'll be part of our service. Excellent. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to also mention, I know, Charlie, you mentioned that someone from uh, your community was really enjoying the, the ukulele music we hear at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's appropriate to once again plug my brother, oh, Andrew Malone. Please do, yeah. Yeah, he lives in Arlington, so he's not far from you. That's so right. if you wanted just to book him to come and play bumper music on a on a ukulele, I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. Could he just follow me around and play bumper music on a ukulele? Yeah, he could be your theme music. He could be my my bard, my uh, your bard, my right? musician. He has a my court musician. Has, yeah, he has a bass ukulele. He has wow. a regular ukulele. I probably couldn't afford him. Right. Well, maybe I don't know. I mean, yeah, he does have another job. The labor deserves to be paid. If you. Otherwise, another option would be to go to andrewmalone.com. Oh, look at that. And there are over 45 different tracks that you can just go to town with. Wow. Wait, you mean they're DRM-free? Yeah. Wow. What he a great service. He just likes to mix things and, and play around and mess around and puts it out there for the universe. So andrewmalone.com. And, and if he, you like that ukulele track. And the other celebration was he was able to get andrewmalone.com without too much of a struggle. Right. I know. That's kind of a, a big deal, isn't it? I guess there's not many other Andrew Malone. So I'm looking at the there. website and Andrew Malone has made this very easy. It is, it's all mm. right there. Just the website, the, the main page is a list of ukulele yeah. music. And then you click on yeah. it, and there's the file, and wow, that's really nice of him. Yeah, it's a hobby. He enjoys it, he, and he talks about how he mixes it, and you know, a lot of that he does. I guess he lays down some tracks, and then he, he has to take the subway to work, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes, and so he said on the subway, he would just start mixing the tracks, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. I hear you're playing a, a different track I'm playing track right Uke now, Breakbeat you? 44. Oh, I like that one. That was yeah, fun. It's got, a, it's got a good beat, and I can dance to it. Yeah. Thank anyway. you, Andrew Malone. We celebrate your vocation. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's a, that's a prelude for what's coming up. <laughs> but we're, we can't talk about So uh, Charlie and I, um, look it, we're pastors, okay? <laughs> we, we've, 
We've studied the scriptures. We've studied theology. We studied history. Math is hard. Our, our, that's where I was getting, yeah. And before that, Charlie has a background in acting. Mm. I have a background in music. We are lovers of the arts, of humanities. We are not mathematicians. Nope. 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 So for those of you who read sixteen, the next 16 chapters, good on yeah, you. you. We, over, we all over. You're ahead it. of the we game. Only need, yeah. We, we only needed to read seven, what, six. Seven. We're only supposed to seven. read the next seven. I, got, I think I said read the next 16. I got carried away, but... Well, I just blindly followed you because I kind of just trust you. you. Know, the the she- the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just that was good. you know, there's always a scripture for everything. Hopefully, not for brutalizing and and annoying people, but there's always a scripture for a light moment. Oh, I'm sure we'll find it. In fact, folks, write in and let us know what you think is the best scripture for annoying right. people, not brutalizing. <laughs> just what we need that, more of. That's easy to. So yeah, just go to the book of Joshua. You can find brutalizing, yeah. but annoying in the annoying that's scriptures. Right. So chapter 17 is where we're going to start today, and we're going to do 17 through 23, which basically right. translates into if your pages, if your chapters are numbered the way mine are. We're going to do chapters mm. 17 to the end of section one, and then through chapter four in the second section. And I'm sorry to have made it confusing. That's, life right. is, life is what it is. Yeah, that's okay. Isn't that the first tenet of so, Buddhism, life is confusing? Um, you know, I've suffering. never really understood suffering. Buddhism. Suffering. Oh, yeah, suffering. I, I go. Is there a difference? Yeah, I don't know. Depends on the individual. Well, so can I make a confession, Charlie? But, hey, if this isn't if there's not room for confession in this podcast, I don't know where you're going to get it. So go right ahead. Well, in in fact, I think he talks about mm-hmm. that um, about how confession is important is an important well, start. Well, he would. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> would. <laughs> I just have to make sure it's not something that he said that we're not supposed to talk about mm-hmm. yet. But um, so I didn't. I usually try to be reading this. I wasn't able to follow your advice and read a little, you know, like two chapters in the morning and some chapters at mm-hmm. night. I wasn't able to do that. Uh, and usually I read it a day or two beforehand. Yes. But this week and the weekend, it just got away from oh. me. So my my normal devotional practice is I get up, and the first thing I do after I get some water is I sit down and I take twenty minutes of silence in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, some deep breathing, some uh, mindfulness is, you know, is a pr- part of the practice. But, and, then, and then I'll do some reading and stuff. And then I'll take 20 more minutes of I'll read scripture and then just journal about where I am, what's going on in my life, what the scripture does, that this kind of thing. This is great. I'm going to start doing some of this. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it this oh, morning. Well, there it is. Because I thought I've got to read this Merton. <laughs> I've got 16 chapters to read. But I'll tell you, it was really nice. To just start the morning um, in silence, mm-hmm. too. I, you know, I didn't, I usually play music. I didn't play any music. I just read Merton and let it sit with me. And it was early enough that the birds were just barely starting to mm. sing. So that silence was really there. And, um, and, and it, it inspired me in different ways, ways that I'm not going to share today. I'm going to wait till the next, next week okay. uh, because it'll uh, align more with future chapters. Um, but it was a really, I, I want to encourage people to, I think we said this last week, this is not a a chapter book with plot and narrative. Right. It really is something to just sit each, with. Each and, chapter is a gem in and of itself to be held up to the light and, and viewed and, and reflected on. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I said do one morning and one night because I was in this, trapped in this mode of thinking 16 chapters across seven days. You, you just, it's just one right. chapter a day, folks. 
Seven, seven yeah. days, one chapter a day. That's it. Just tiny little bites. Yeah, that's all Merton. you need. So what was your, what was your impression of that? I like, we're not, I mean, we, we may have some things to discuss about the chapters in the first section, but I have to say the second right. section for me definitely felt more where the rubber hits the road. It was kind of like the first section of the book is establishing, mm. not, not credentials, but, but kind of establishing basis. This is a pretty this yeah. is a pretty natural thing in philosophy and rhetorical arguments and such. You establish the right. basis for how you're going to have the discussion and then you have the discussion. And I feel like in the second half of the book we're really getting into the meat of the discussion about why solitude is so vital and so life-giving for mm. someone following the Christian faith. So all that to say I I, I was probably overzealous in my persecution of Merton in the last time and I'm going to be Back on Team Merton for the rest of the book. I didn't choose this book because I didn't like it. I chose it because I loved it, but I right. just forgot kind of the nature of it. But I found some right. I found some gems to hold up to the light uh, in the chapters from the first section. In chapter 17 specifically, uh, I, mm. I like the bit about the silence of God. It says, uh, am I in the second paragraph, third paragraph? In the silence of okay. God, we have overcome magic by seeing through what mm. is not there and realizing that he who is, is closer to us than the is not that tries at all times to place itself between ourselves and him. And so you can, the, the magic, well, by the word magic, I think we're talking about the illusion, mm-hmm. and, and what he's saying by when he puts is not in quotation marks, um, it's, right. it's everything else. It's, it's everything not God. It's everything not of God. It's everything that we allow ourselves mm-hmm. to get so completely taken away with and confused by almost every single day of our lives. The little things, um, there's, there's yeah. a real neat uh, uh, object lesson where someone takes a jar and fills it with different things, uh, yeah. rocks yeah. and sand and whatever, and shows how, how when, you, when you start with things that are... Anyway, there's an order to approach things. I'm really butchering this. I'll, I'll try and find an right, example right. so we can put a link in the show notes. But the idea that there, it's so easy to let other things take up the majority of your time so that things that really right. matter never get addressed. Right. So, so basically, f- for me, this is like the bell ringing into the silence. If you're not going to take mm-hmm. time for God today, mm-hmm. when on earth do you think you're going to start taking time for God? Right. Well, and and I think continuing that idea of uh, of that that space between where God is, you know, God. Is, what what did it say? Um, he who is is closer to us mm-hmm. than the is not. Um, I think the very next chapter takes agency out of our hands and puts it in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking at you know this is oh, five, six, seven, eight, stupid Roman numerals. <laughs> eighteen, um, <laughs> chapter eighteen. Eighteen. I got there. I um, so eighteen. This is a little bit. Um, further in, the, in that chapter, my life is yeah. listening, his is a speaking. Yeah. My salvation is to hear and respond. You know, before yeah. that is, unless he names me, I remain dead, and my silence is the silence of death. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, uh, it, it, this isn't submission, which I think we find, we find a little bit further. Um, this is just recognizing that, you know, God has to have it mm-hmm. all. It, That's it's right. not saying you've got to get yeah. to a place to let go. It's saying you. There's no other way, yeah. you know. Um, and and that's such a. 
It's so contrary to the evangelical approach that says until you make that commitment of faith, yeah. you don't have a place with God. So all the agencies on our hands, all the responsibilities right. in our hands, and this is saying, let it go. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this reminds me of um, in the United Church of Christ, uh, we have a phrase mm-hmm. called, uh, when God is still speaking. Um, and, mm. and the I or, or God is still speaking, and and the idea is right. that that God isn't done. God still has things to speak into the silence. But then most of us never shut up. We right. never stop speaking. <laughs> if we were really going to be God is still speaking churches, we would close the lips, put them together, and open the ears mm. and listen. Listen for the word of God. Listen for God's still speaking breath of voice right. to us today, right now, in the midst of everything we're going through. And um, having experienced the richness of a life of doing that, not not perfectly, not every moment, yeah. but most days, I I feel so blessed and enriched. And and I think this is part of why I wanted to us to, to even discuss this book. Yeah, I think that... So, I mean, we're not saying the Quakers are right. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> I'm doing a Parker Palmer book in another group right now. Let Your oh, Life Speak. Parker. Oh, that's uh, a great book. I've given that copies of that really... book to more people. Anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll do that one some other time. That's like a graduation present. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, right, so you said oh, the Quakers just, are not yeah. right. Yeah, the Quakers aren't right. I mean, they're kind of right, but they're not completely They're right, right. about Let's a lot of things. And, and they like to point that out Ooh, often. Oh, my. Have you been hurt by a mean Quaker? <laughs> I lived in Philadelphia oh, for okay. a while. Yeah, where, where Quake, so. Quakerism went to get institutionalized, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And boy, is it. Um, okay. But, but I think you're right. That silence, you know, that listening yeah. is, is so important. Um, and, and then also listening to others. Yeah. Um, I, I shared uh, in my message last week, we talked about the, the sermon was sort of about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And how do we engage the Bible with others? And I said, you know, one of the gifts at the church I'm at is the Bible study is so rambunctious. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, they just keep... I, I, I said I learned quickly that I can't have a prepared lecture. Oh, good. I just have to go and show up and say, like, well, here's the lay of the land. Here's the geography. Mm-hmm. And here's some thoughts. But what do you think? And then we just go. Oh, good. And, and I just have to, I have to listen to their questions and... and it's fantastic. God speaks to me through those Bible studies, through the questions and curiosities. Is there is of there others. a particular phrase that you would really categorize as rambunctious that you heard recently? What's a dis well, a, as in disruptive? Is, is that no? And so rambunctious might not be the best. Well, except sometimes, oftentimes we start with the scripture and um, then we end up talking about the uh, Nicene Creed oh. um, or about. Um, You've got some reformers you know, the pistons, in the group. I mean, well, they someone just says, "Now, how is this related to you know the Council of Nicaea?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, here oh we boy. go." Yeah, you um, get to get into yeah, it. Yeah, or yeah, Trinity, or you know, just church history, or okay, and, yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, I I love that. I I, I want to share. I I was really caught with in the end of that chapter, uh, chapter mm-hmm. eighteen. He talks about the difference between a vocation and a category. I was just hovering over that, about to share my highlight, so well, well-timed. No, good, good. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I get where he's coming from. 
uh, you know, because he says those who fulfill their vocation to sanctity or who are fulfilling it um, are by the very fact unaccountable, mm. you know, and they, they are no category, they are particularly themselves, hence they are not considered worthy of great love and respect in the eyes of men because their individuality is a sign that they are greatly loved by mm-hmm. God. Um, you know, I think he's really speaking from one who's made um, uh, vows of commitment mm-hmm. to a monastery. Yeah. That's important context. And also, he's about to talk about the veneration of the saints. Um, yeah. And certainly, I think he thinks of that peculiar individuality as an attribute of the saints, which is why they're singled out for special attention. But but I think he's trying to dis, dismantle, dissemble, not dissemble, dis, I don't know what word I'm looking for, and it's not disambiguate. Okay. But anyway, he's trying to, to say that the, the saints are just being themselves on a level, in right. their in their connection to their vocation, um, yeah. I like that peculiar peculiarly. I can't say it, but I like it themselves. themselves yeah, phrase. yeah, peculiarly themselves. Mm. You know, and I wanted to t- just touch to that because I, I, my fear was that people would read that and think, well, that could never oh. be me. Yeah, good, good call out. Yeah, um, especially uh, when we see people who have made vows to, uh, you know, to a religious mm-hmm. order. Um, or sometimes you and I get some folks saying like, well, I wish I could do what you do, but I have too many other commitments or mm-hmm. such. Yeah, easy for you. You're um, the one who's paid to do it. Right, right. Of course you pray. <laughs> they honestly don't say that very often. No, not Actually, very once often. every but 10 I, years I've gotten that. Yeah, but they're all thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just too polite. It's New England, man. <laughs> no New confrontation. I, can I right, call out right. the the, pre, the chapter, yeah. be, not the chapter, the paragraph before that one where it just says it's a one-sentence chapter. Oh, Interior yeah, yeah. silence is impossible without mercy and without humility. So when you yeah. are sitting in meditation and the thoughts are whirring through your head and the grocery list and the phone charger that you can't find and where did I put my keys and, and oh, the kids are late for such and such and all that... Um, Mercy for yourself, humility about yeah. your process. Sitting in silence or solitude is is not a natural state. It's there's a natural there's a naturalness to it, but it's mm-hmm. not a natural resting state for most of us based on the way we've established our lives and patterns. So yeah, be at peace. I, I yeah, thanks for pointing that out because yeah, we off, I often you know I find myself getting frustrated with my you know, with myself when I have these times of silence in the morning. And my thoughts go to, you know, what I would consider stupid things or small things. And then I say, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just focus? Yeah. I, I appreciate that, you that pointing that out. Is... I've gotten frustrated with you about that as well. <laughs> There's a long line, Charlie. <laughs> People frustrated with my thoughts. Any, anything else in the first section? Because time is passing quickly no, and we no. need to march in the second. I have other things highlighted. Yeah, but... what do you have for this? The love of solitude. Oh, what do you Right have? in the beginning, chapter one of, of the second section, yeah. a man, or a woman, I would say, becomes a solitary mm-hmm. at the moment when, no matter what, they may, what may be his or her external surroundings, he is suddenly aware of his own inalienable solitude and sees that he will never be anything but solitary. <laughs> if mm. you read that, you might, you might come to that conclusion of, uh, what's that quote? We all die alone. You know, because no one dies in you, you can only die in yourself. You technically die alone in a manner of speaking. But I think Mm -hmm. this paragraph actually gave me hope in that 
Hmm. In that being solitary is also an act of differentiation. This is also Hmm. owning your own self as a human being. And what a gift that is. So many people have these strains of codependency in their life and trying to complete themselves with someone else or, or with, or to fit themselves to someone else's desires. And for me, an affirmation like the moment you realize that you are truly solitary is, is empowering right. for me. It, it, if we didn't have the previous chapter, that could be terrifying. Mm. Uh, because for some, for, for many, solitude is terrifying mm-hmm. to say, well, I'm completely alone. Yeah. But then we have the foundation of, no, no, now you're at a place where you can just listen and hear God naming yeah. you. That's a good and, point. And, good point. Um, so, but yeah, I think I, I completely agree that you can sit in a, a crowded um, park and be aware of your own, of, uh, yeah, solitude. I wonder if individuality is also, or personhood. I wonder if there's another word that captures us kind of what he's saying. Mm. I don't think there is. I think solitude is probably the best word. I mean, Merton is no slouch. He picked his words Yeah, he was, he was a wordist. A wordist. Yeah, yeah. that's the word for it, right? Oh, that's got to be the word for it. I, I, I know most of the words. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What do you find in the second section? Well, of course, you know, the second chapter is one of my favorite prayers. Oh, it is gorgeous. Um, yeah, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm not going to read the whole yeah. thing. But I We've just, used that one before, is, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. It's such a... I start it right away. I'm like, yay! Yeah. That's what I actually... Yeah, I, I highlighted really the whole like, chapter. Oh, yeah, I love that part. Um, That's a good point, though, Jonathan. This, Folks, when you're um, starting out trying a, a practice of solitude, uh, chapter two would be a phenomenal daily read to, to just take this chapter two of section two, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. Right. You could use this prayer, this chapter, and just make it mm. the mantra at the start of your time of silence, then sit in whatever silence you can, and, and then just read it again if it's helpful. But this, this is the kind of writing that Merton does best. Yeah. It's, and then are we talking about chapter four? Yeah, we're, we're going three and four. Okay. So... That was the other, a man knows, or a woman knows, he has found his vocation when he stops thinking about how mm. to live and begins to live. Yep. There's, um, there's a Zen know, me, quality to that, isn't there? Oh, there is. Yeah, just, just pull an, the arrow back. It, That's... <laughs> yeah, it's an, also for, I think for many of us, well, for me, it's an indictment. Oh, please, say uh, more. Are you in a place? Tell us how you well, failed. I, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> there is always that... So, so, so for many pastors, there's always that, you know, you're in a church and it's going well, but you think, but shouldn't I be in that bigger church hmm. or shouldn't I be that better preacher hmm. or shouldn't I be that more compassionate listener in times of bereavement? Um, it, you know, we compare ourselves to others or to images we have in our mind of where we're supposed to be in our right. life. Um, and it becomes a rat race. And even when, you know, those of us who are, who have, you know, our clergy had this understanding of vocation, more or less, that's somewhat robust. I mean, this is not something you just kind of fall into. That's right. You know, you, I, I, so I went to a temp agency. They said, can you go work at this church for a while? And then it just became a job. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> that gives me a great idea for a story, though. That would be fun. That, oh, that <laughs> Run with it. <laughs> um, 
but to be able to just live. Um, it's, it's such a liberating thought. And for those of you who are able to do that, I think that's beautiful. Um, but for some of us, for me at least, that always feels just outside of my grasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for the, you know, for the statement that Merton put out there and also a little bit resentful um, because it calls me to say, what's going on if, if I don't feel like I'm just living? Mm-hmm. Um, I did write down flow state. That's um, one of my one of my boys has been really into this idea of the flow state. Some also call it like the zone where you kind of just you you lose yourself you, when you're in the midst yes. of, a, of a of an activity. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that is part of it. Like when you're doing something and you just lose track of time. My problem is every time someone says "lose yourself now," all I can think of is an Eminem song. Oh, I don't yeah, know. That lose song. yourself in the music. The, the, anyway, it's it's a very it's a he he sings it. I put sings in air quotes like a mantra, mm. and I think it's very much about the flow state that happens for an accomplished rapper. Yeah, right. I totally get okay. that. Um, let's. Can we just circle back to chapter three? Do you yeah. mind? There was yeah. a couple, no. a couple paragraphs at the beginning that really caught me. I know we're we're running on the timer, but in our age, right, everything sorry. has to be a problem. Ours is a time mm. of anxiety because we have willed it to be so. Our anxiety is not imposed on us by force from outside. We impose it on our world and upon one another from within ourselves. So true. But then this paragraph. Mm. Sanctity in such an age means, no doubt, traveling from the area of anxiety to the area in which there is no anxiety. Or perhaps it may mean learning from God to be without anxiety in the midst of anxiety. Boom. Yeah. Words for our time. Words yeah, for our time. Yeah. Anxiety is not imposed on you from outside. It's your internal impulse to go pull that window up and watch another news program that tells you mm. how many deaths in your area and how everything's right. running out and how there'll never be enough for everybody and how everybody hates everybody else. You, you seek that drama out when you go to mm-hmm. those sources. And it's up to us to recognize God reaching within. Now, this doesn't mean we shouldn't be getting upset about things. Absolutely not. Right. But the anxiety is different. It's one thing to say to have that, you know, that, that rage, that, um, you know, that just rage about things. But to say, but the anxiety is different. Anxiety is very internal and eats at you. And Yeah, it's okay to be angry. Yeah. If it, what's the, the old right. thing? If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. It's it's okay. Right. Anger spurs you on to better things. Anger is anger doesn't right. lead to depression for most people, in my experience. Right, right. Um, that that's that can rage can be holy rage, um, but mm-hmm. but this ang- anxious response to stimulus yeah. is a, is a different beast altogether. And I think you're right that solitude is one of those places where you can start to really just wrestle with yeah. that. Yep, silence. Yeah, because it is. He writes, you. silence then belongs to the substance of sanctity. In silence mm. and hope are formed the strength of the saints. Yeah. That is right on. That's good. Because that means you can't blame others. You can't say it's your fault that I'm anxious. That's right. It's not my fault. No, it's it That's on yeah. you. As I tell my kids all the time. He made me feel bad. No, he didn't. Your you your responsibility for or is for your own feelings. Right. All right. This is good stuff. Wow. I'm I, I yeah. think it's probably clear that I've I've really enjoyed the second section a lot more than the first but we couldn't have the second without the first we need the groundwork so 
I have a short prayer hmm. from T- Teresa of Avalon. Good old Teresa. I, yeah, boy, she, she really nails it. I might do more than one. Um, I mean, not today. I'll just do one today. One at Please, a time. Come, come on, on. Too Teresa. much Teresa's. Don't be, you know. It's overwhelming. Let's just don't say that. Too much of a good thing, right? Um, 1515 to 1582. You sure that's not Teresa of Avila II? Is there a second? <laughs> How <Sorry>. dare you? <laughs> no, there, there is no second. When they, when they made Teresa okay. of Avila, they broke the mold. They broke the mold when they made her, which, um, I mean, theologically, that's a horrible statement to say and really makes no sense. You're but, right. Um, but yeah, Teresa is a, a brilliant, brilliant theologian and also a, a deep, profound mystic. Uh, so I know we've used her prayers before. She's been on the podcast before, but I thought her, her stuff is so good. It Welcome makes sense. back, Teresa. Glad to have you here. Yeah, it's good to have you back. You, you made the cut. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's have some time of prayer. God, be with us where we are, as we are. Help us to stop talking, to stop making noise, to own what it is that makes us anxious, and to listen and to hear you say our names with that love and compassion. Amen. Dear God, when we have the good sense to stop to stop categorizing and naming and trying to order the universe to fit our vision, we might be open to the possibility that your vision could be different from ours. And we might find that if we can truly set aside our anxieties, our preoccupations, and just be silent in you, silent in your spirit, silent waiting for you. And from Teresa of Avila. Lord, you are closer to me than my own breath, nearer to me than my hands and feet. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's the perfect prayer. You always do it. Oh, I think Teresa helped. Yeah, fine. Okay. (laughs) Give her some credit. Um, So chapters 5 through 11 in section 2 for next time. Sorry about the confusion before, but if you've already read it, you could just go back over those. Again, these chapters are worth rereading. You may discover something else this time. So consider rereading a chapter or two or seven uh, before we get together again. Section two, chapters five through eleven. Okay. And in the meantime, find moments of solitude, let go of your anxiety, and I hope you hear God calling. Amen to that. Peace out. Bye.